Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. With so many changing consumer expectations over the last year, I was delighted to take part in the recent Epsilon Personal Live event. Alongside loyalty experts Prabhu Kannan, Amy Lanzi and Michelle Proctor, I joined a session to discuss loyalty across the customer journey on my first Let's Talk Loyalty live podcast, sharing how to create the best loyalty strategy for your organization's goals. Please enjoy this one-off bonus episode of Let's Talk Loyalty in partnership with my friends in Epsilon. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Prabhu Kanan and I lead Epsilon's loyalty business. I've been at the intersection of marketing and technology for over 20 years now. And I must say that winning customer loyalty has been never been more complicated or important as it is today. 50% of loyal customers will switch the brand if it is required or acquiring additional 5% of new customers who resemble your loyal customers can have significant impact, positive impact on your profitability. As a result, loyalty is more than a program today. It's no longer confined to loyalty marketing teams. Every moment across a customer's journey with a brand is an opportunity to win their loyalty. And that's what we're gonna discuss today. Before I welcome the three panelists, the three things that I want to highlight today are understanding customers is key. Creating a culture of loyalty across the organization and using loyalty mechanism as a mechanism to acquire new customers is paramount. Please welcome to discuss these. Please welcome Paula Thomas, host of Let's Talk Loyalty, Michelle Proctor, Managing Director of FedEx Services, and Amy Lanzi. Commerce Channel Strategy Lead, Publicis Group. Paula, take it away. Wonderful. Thanks, Prabhu. So yes, I'm delighted to be here today. I've had plenty of Epsilon executives on my show, so it's an honor to be back with you today on yours. So I'm going to start off with the definition of loyalty. So I think when we think about loyalty, particularly with marketing audience, we often think about our approach to customer retention. But I really like to think of it in a broader context. So the dictionary actually defines loyalty as a strong feeling of support or allegiance. So that's the kind of mindset that I really think is important for loyalty practitioners and marketeers. So I'm going to start with Michelle. I'm going to ask you to tell us, how do you nurture customer loyalty for Federal Express customers? Yeah, it's a great question. And really for us at FedEx, it all starts with our purple promise, which is this idea that we will make every customer experience outstanding. That goes from our frontline couriers to the team members that you interact with at a FedEx office location. So it's all about making sure that loyalty goes beyond just our defined loyalty program, which is called My FedEx Rewards. So it's really about meeting those expectations of our brand to deliver a customer experience that our customers desire. So we want to make sure we're exceeding our customers' expectations. And, and by doing that, we need to make sure that 
everyone is thinking about loyalty on those terms. So within our organization, we really try to think about how to stretch and evolve MyFedEx Rewards to drive additional value for our members. Um, we want them to know that we value them and their business and that they are important to us and we're here to serve them and help them grow their business and be successful. So it's, it's really loyalty extends well beyond just the team that manages the loyalty program. Wow, I love that, Michelle. I think that's absolutely critical. One of my own guests actually described it as almost like the, the founder's mindset. So I think if every member of a company like FedEx has that kind of intention to be loyal and have those extraordinary customer experiences, then I think customers really feel it. So they feel it in the indirect ways and the direct ways. So, so fantastic to hear how you're cultivating that. So I think the whole experience, obviously, for uh, loyalty does start with acquiring our customers in the first place. So, Amy, I know you have an extraordinary um, career just dealing with lots of different clients, both in retail and in consumer goods. So can you tell us uh, what are you seeing in terms of acquisition focused marketing campaigns in order to start that loyalty journey? Sure. Uh, well, first, thanks. It's great to be here today. It's, you know, it's a fascinating times in, in terms of how we think about loyalty and a little bit of this overarching experience that is required to really acquire and retain customers. So when we first think about, and I think about through, through the lens of commerce, we're all about acquiring our consumers by mining for signals so we can quickly move them from intent to purchase, or sometimes it's from intent to whatever the next best action is we want them to take. And as we think about our ability to acquire shoppers or consumers, consumers shop much faster than we think that they do. So yeah. how are we very careful about that first experience so that we're giving them the best experience the first time and then enabling ourselves to be able to build loyalty with them? Um, and it's, a, it's such an interesting space for many of our brands today because many of our brands are sold through what we'll call rented channels, channels in which you don't own that experience. So think about a brand that might be sold on Amazon or inside of the Walmart ecosystem or brands that are playing with social commerce. So these are places where it's easier to acquire a consumer, but you can't keep them. You can't retain them. So this is where these are recruiting grounds so we can start to understand how we can deliver some sort of value there with them and move mm -hmm. from that transactional loyalty into this more emotional loyalty. So our brands are now enabling or able to really serve consumers. So moving out of just selling them products into brands of service. And that's really how we can future-proof our brands and be able to really build long-term loyalty. So for categories like toys, for example, we have a toy client and the job to be done is using content and experiences to make parents feel like they are going to be better parents in their path to parenthood. That's a great example of moving out of just buying the next toy and more into empowering parents through this purchase and, of course, creating this relationship that they're able to become better parents and, of course, feel better about that brand that they're choosing to bring into their, their household and how they're engaging with mm. their family as an example. That's lovely, Amy. Yes, we, we talk a lot actually in the world of loyalty about the, the transition, I think, from transactional loyalty really into the emotional loyalty space. So I can hear that coming through when you talk about brands being of service. So, Michelle, is that something that you're seeing coming through in your own experience with FedEx? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think loyalty goes well beyond acquisition and retention. I would throw optimization in there as well uh, for consideration. Um, It's often hard to quantify the value that a loyalty program can bring um, in Mm -hmm. hard numbers. Uh, So setting that optimization goal is really, for us, it's about those stretch goals. So taking in data, and you're going to hear us talk about data a lot today. I'm sure you guys have already talked about Mm -hmm. data a lot. Uh, But data that we see, we can... um, create different offers for our members that we know are definitively a stretch goal for them. And so that helps us when they attain that and they, they, they redeem and they attain that goal helps us to show the demonstrable value that we can tie that activity directly back to that stretch goal. So when we think acquisition, don't forget about optimization and retention as well. Mm. Obviously people lean towards acquisition and retention, but optimization is a huge piece of that as well. Yeah, I like that. It sounds like FedEx customers are pretty uh, competitive, are they? (laughs) They can be for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Wow. But you're absolutely right. I think the commercial objective that we have, the imperative, is actually to drive mutually beneficial behavior. So love to hear those stretched goals coming through. And with that kind of context as well, Michelle, I guess um, the last year, a lot has changed. All of our behavior, I think, as consumers and as businesses have changed dramatically. So I know you've been with FedEx actually quite a long time. I think I saw 27 years on your LinkedIn, which I think is extraordinary. Um, So that was amazing as context. But specifically then in the last year with the pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic world, how has creating loyalty changed over the past year in your view? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. And, um, you know, for us, we really doubled down with our focus on small businesses. I mean, small businesses are the lifeblood of the American economy, and and they needed all the help they could get at that time. So when the pandemic hit, we all know that small businesses were really struggling to figure out what to do. Um, It was a very dramatic and quick time and and quick turns where things were shutting down. People didn't know what was happening next and they needed to Mm. act quickly to survive. So, um, you know, we were one of the many corporations that we actually gave away COVID grants to help small businesses survive. But in addition, we really focused and pivoted our loyalty program um, to help those small businesses that might have had just a brick and mortar location or two or three to create an online presence for themselves. Or, or maybe their challenge was growing their existing online presence to mm. make sure they could ship to additional locations or that they could ship even internationally. Um, we had people ask us about how to handle returns. And we had things yeah. that were suddenly when everyone needed signage, um, you know, they needed to have place markers that said, hey, we're open for business or here, contact us this way. Um, when people were doing curbside, they need to have signs that said curbside pick up one, curbside pick up two, or markers on the floor yeah. that said stay in here so they could show the socially distanced ways that they were operating their business and uh, mm. guidance with CDC guidance there. Um, so we're lucky that we have FedEx office in our, our operating companies to help them print those types of signage and vantage and even the floor spacing markers um, to help them operate effectively during the pandemic and especially with so much uncertainty going on. Um, but yeah. we also know a thing or two about supply chains and we were able to help a lot of small businesses when they had questions yeah. about how to properly pack items and, and ship them. Um, maybe it was something that was perishable and they never shipped it before because people came into their mm-hmm. store and picked it up. And so there was a lot of questions about even local moves. How do I get something from one part of town to another part of town? Um, can you guys handle that for me? So every business had a very unique need and we were really um, pivoting and adapting to make sure that information and assistance was available to them and easily accessible to help them grow and and defend their business during that time. 
Wow. That's extraordinary, Michelle, because I can absolutely say, you know, as a small business myself, that's when you know who your partners are, the ones that show up and are loyal to you when you absolutely need them. So, yes, I think we had a collective gasp, I think, you know, across the marketing world, obviously, when the pandemic hit. And I do think bigger companies have plenty of resources internally, but small businesses do not. So uh, congratulate you on that. It's an extraordinary way to drive loyalty. And then, Amy, from your perspective, what would you be saying that you have seen over the past year? Sure. I, I just have to reiterate what you said in terms of so grateful that FedEx has done such a great job with small business. Talk about creating, becoming a brand of service, yeah. proving out what yeah. we're talking about here and really, you know, enabling small businesses to be able to, you know, pivot from a brick and mortar world into 24-7, 365. So I just love all the work that you've done. So thank you. Uh, okay. So I'm going to give you my perspective through the lens of our consumers and some of the different behaviors we saw during the pandemic and what it means for loyalty. And really, this was a major recruitment moment for new digital buyers because consumers were somewhat forced to uh, try digital commerce for the first time or to continue in terms of how they were engaging through digital commerce, uh, whether it's, you know, curbside pickup or, you know, deliver to home, whatever ways they, modes they wanted to shop, it was definitely happening. Um, and in fact, 55% of shoppers purchased from a new retailer during the pandemic, which to me is amazing. And 70% of our shoppers purchased a product from a brand that they hadn't purchased from previously. So although it was an amazing recruitment moment for digital commerce, it was also a huge problem in terms of loyalty, because if you didn't have the experience in place, if you had an out-of-stock situation, you suddenly had a high level of switching. And that, of course, puts you at risk for losing your most you know, loyal consumers. So for us, it was a really interesting time in a balance of how we are assuring that we have the digital commerce experiences in place and we're managing supply chain and all the different things there, but then also how we're using it to assure we're defending our territory and the fact that we didn't have those things in place. So there's this balance of, you know, some consumers have become disloyal and how are we either bringing them back? And now as we go forward, how are we thinking more and more about maintaining those new consumers that might have tried our brands for the first time? We sure. all, yeah. So we also saw a really interesting um, movement into subscription loyalty. So knowing that so many, I'll give you a really good example. Uh, one of our clients is Blue Apron, where mm -hmm. there was, you know, this whole in-home cooking became such a huge deal for many, and this is a subscription that was available pre-COVID, but now has really flourished in this because it's been able to first fit the need of our consumers at home, and second, really be able to use the data that they have about those consumers to really make sure that they're providing with them, which makes the most sense in terms of utility. So mm -hmm. that's been an interesting sort of new route to consumer as well as service mechanism that we've seen yeah. that we're forecasting will continue to be really important for our brands as they're trying mm -hmm. to, as we've talked about on this, merge the world of experience, loyalty, and commerce. Um, yeah. We think, yeah. So then, and as we think about brands and, you know, going back up and, you know, opening back up and, you know, getting back to whatever we call as the new normal uh, is again, thinking about following the shopper and where they're going in terms of omnichannel. So are we going to see, and we're forecasting there will be a continued use of digital commerce channels because it saves time. And that's, that, that's sort of a new way for consumers to be shopping. But we also need to be thinking about through the lens of service, how we're enabling the online and offline connection. There's still 
work to be done there and how you're using the fact that someone is starting a shop with a digital experience. What are the things you can do in terms of a chatbot or an in-platform social messaging to be able to enhance that service component so that you are either keeping those new ones that you've recruited or you are getting you're using innovation to get new consumers into your brand franchise. So a couple of interesting points here in terms of a ton of innovation in the space, which I think is super exciting, is retailers and our brands using AR. So for example, with Kohl's during the during COVID, we were able to play with the new Snap virtual closet experience through augmented reality. So we knew everyone wanted athleisure, but we knew they couldn't necessarily go to the stores. So this is a way to be able to shop a virtual closet using Snap. Also, similarly, one of our brands, Sally, Sally Hansen, there was a new, they had a new nail product. And of course, again, hard to, you know, play with that in, in a place where you might typically go to a drugstore. So with Snap, mm-hmm. we partnered with them so that you could do a virtual try-on of this new um, nail color so that you could actually mm-hmm. buy it two clicks. And then even another great retail example is one of our clients, Sephora, in terms of how they're using trying on virtual try-ons of beauty products to be able to make sure you're buying the right thing. And of course, make your most valuable consumers to you even more loyal because you're helping you're helping them make the right decisions at the point of purchase. Wow. I wish we had a couple of hours to go through all of that, Amy. There's, uh, there's an awful lot to discuss. The one I will pick up particularly is subscription, because I do think there's an incredible move towards that in lots of different sectors. And I think in some cases, for example, I know Panera Bread, for example, would use um, subscription for coffee and it then becomes a prepayment. So it's also contactless. So I think we're driving loyalty in new ways as well. And fantastic to hear all of your clients taking the opportunity to be innovative at a time when it's Um, you know, it's really important and valued. So, and the third area I wanted to just touch on was creating personalization across the customer journey. And Michelle, I'll come back to you first on this one, if you don't mind. How do you create personalization really for FedEx customers across the whole journey? Sure. Well, you know, it's a lot about the data, of course, and having the right Mm -hmm. content and the right offer at the right time to the right consumer, to the right small business. So for us, one of the things we learned during the pandemic was um, really paying attention to your redemption strategy. So we grew our offerings and really tried to focus in on personalization within redemptions specifically. So we added elements to our offerings that allowed our members to redeem based on their needs or interest or what they needed at a time. And it was really interesting because we saw four kind of key behaviors start to come through. So they redeemed Mm -hmm. obviously for themselves, we all do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm guilty. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Wonderful. Little treats, yes, that we've earned. Um, but we also started to see them, if they're a small business, redeem to invest in their team members. So they may have just had, okay. you know, folks that stayed with them during the pandemic that they maybe didn't pay as much or they took a pay cut or they came in to help them. And so they did a lot of redemption to reward they t- their team members with gift cards or other types of things that really were important to them and and really reinvesting in those team members that have been with them through it. The third behavior we saw was they started to reinvest in their business. So they were looking for equipment and special offers or discounts or other types of things to help their small business grow and stay um, competitive. And so we started to see a lot of redemption behavior in that. And then the last one was around causes that matter to them. So sustainability, those types of things, other charities. And we started to see a lot of folks wanting to do carbon offset to be carbon neutral. So we started to see some redemption behavior that was really kind of unique. And uh, it was really important that we give those options to our members so that they could redeem 
what was important to them at that point in time. And it could have been any or all of these at where they were in their life cycle. But it was really interesting to see that it was really um, relevant to them in that moment and that we were able to help them meet those needs. I love that, Michelle, because I, I remember worrying at the beginning of the pandemic that things like sustainability may suffer, um, you know, in the middle of everything else. So thank you for making it uh, ethical and sustainable and personal. So thank you for that, Michelle. And over to you, Amy, just on this point, how do you create personalization then for your clients across their customer journeys? Yes, I, lo- I love this question because it is the big question in terms of personalization across the consumer journey. And, you know, the one thing that we always think about is the importance of having an identity solution to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the data, it's impossible to really do it at scale. In fact, we did some research that says about 3 to 4% of consumer journeys actually overlap. So, wow. yeah. So we, you know, when Tiny. you- Tiny, yeah. Tiny. And when we think about things, you know, we we like to think that everyone sort of behaves similarly in some things, like if you're going to buy milk on the way home or you're mm-hmm. stepping out to get something that you might need, even on some of those more routine missions, we're still mm-hmm. seeing significant difference in terms of the types of touch points and the steps that consumers go through. So the only real way to be able to deliver personalization at scale across the c- consumer journey is if you have a strong identity solution and you have a great handle on this consumer and how they specifically behaves. You can look for signals to then determine like, what is the right personalized content? Is it something that is a, you know, an impulse purchase or is it something that is a, you know, high considered purchase so that you yeah. need more storytelling and you need more opportunities to really, again, be a brand of, of service so that you are giving consumers the right things and the right types of information for them to buy. It's a magical yeah of systems and stories in order to really be able to do this at scale and then ultimately be able to create loyalty so that, again, you're moving them out of that rented place that they might be buying your brand and they're actually now wanting to engage with you as a brand directly from your own channels. Wonderful, Amy. Yeah, great expertise coming through there. Thank you so much for all of that. Yes. Well, speaking of, I think we get to ask you a few questions and your incredible expertise. (laughs) (laughs) So you have interviewed over 100 brand marketers on your podcast. And will you share some of the key trends you've seen over the past year when it comes to loyalty? What are are your Uh, different brand partners telling you? Thanks, Amy. Yeah, it's a great question, actually. Um, For me, actually, the most extraordinary thing that has struck me, in fact, is the real shift of the mindset. Because when I started in loyalty marketing, Amy, um, really, it was obviously a very commercial business. And my sole objective was to change customer behavior. And obviously, that is, as we said earlier, that's a really important commercial imperative. But I think what has happened, and, you know, particularly, I think, accentuated in the last 12 months is there's a real importance to first of all show up and be loyal to your customers as we've heard with FedEx as we've heard with all of your clients so I think that's probably the most dramatic thing that struck me actually so there was a statistic quoted that 73% of customers think that the purpose of a loyalty program is so that the brand can be loyal to them whereas actually if you talk to an audience like this we believe it's for them to be loyal to us so I think there's a fundamental difference so in terms of trends that's the single most important thing that more and more brands and there's research coming out now which is saying actually how loyal is this brand being to me and therefore will I be loyal to them so that's probably the single most important thing 
Um, a second one I like to talk about a lot, Amy, is uh, simplification. Um, I think, you know, we've probably even illustrated in this short webinar, you know, how complex loyalty can be and customer journeys and, and this entire experience. So how can we simplify that so that the customer doesn't get confused? I think there's a real risk of cognitive overload and overwhelm. So um, it's really important. And my most listened to show uh, really shocked me because it was on literally the subject of simplification. So every research report that I hear coming out says it's really important to be simple. So another really big trend that, again, we could talk an awful lot about. I love that. I love the idea of changing, you know, through the lens of commerce, we talk about how the, the consumers and shoppers are more in control. And that yeah. is very much in line with this idea of making it, you know, we want consumers to be loyal to us, but really as brands and modern brands, mm. we really want to be able to, you know, mm. recruit those in so that, that they feel like we are on their side, if you will. So I think that's really interesting. And, and, and it goes along with the simplicity of things, right? How simple yeah. we make it, how much easier we make consumers live their lives, which is the goal, I think, of all of us. Um, mm. It really goes from that simplistic planning. So mm. on that point of connecting with consumers, and as we think about all the different channels, speaking of complexity, all the different channels and media <laughs> that consumers have the opportunity to engage with, um, can yeah. you talk about what you have seen in terms of podcasts and what you, you know, the key learnings you have there? For sure, Amy. Um, I started my podcast coming up to two years ago. And I think I started it because I realized I had more questions than answers. And again, to the point about complexity, I thought, what better way to, to talk to extraordinary marketeers and discuss a subject that I'm super passionate about? I think what I underestimated was the extraordinary, I suppose, positioning and the incredible amount of trust that I seem to have earned literally by showing up with the intention of adding value every single week. And it's challenging. We all know content is challenging. We all have busy jobs. But there is an inherent piece. I think that podcasting brings just the human authenticity and the power of human voice. And people that I meet who have listened to my podcast, they almost behave as my friends. Um, rather than just people who, like who are strangers, they're listening to my show. I don't know them at all. But there is something about the human voice where I might be in the car with somebody. I might be at home in the kitchen with them. So it's a passive form of communication. And genuinely, I think it's the most effective marketing I have ever done for myself. And I probably wouldn't even be here with you today if it wasn't for that podcast and the power of voice. It's it's amazing. I I love the everything you're saying and it rings so true for me. I'm a huge podcast fan and I do feel like I'm best friends with some of my favorite people to listen yeah. to because I brought them into my home or into my ear or on my run. So I, I think there you it's go. a huge space to play. Um, so yeah. my last question for you is what do you think are the three things every brand needs to do to future proof through loyalty? What are those places that we must play? Okay. I think the first most important thing for me is when you capture data, please use it for the purpose that I have supplied it. And I have often said that if you've asked for my date of birth so that you can segment me and personalize to me, then please remember on my birthday to actually wish me a happy birthday. So I think it is, you know, don't just gap, capture data for, for the sake of it. You really do use it for the purpose it's supplied. I think, uh, think about community. I think that's really important. Again, 
understand customers are craving connection at this particular time. So by, you know, creating a loyalty program, there's almost immediately a sense of commonality. So can we create a community with our loyalty program? I think that's a huge, big opportunity to be playing in. And finally, to the point about podcasting, and I know you're a, a fan of voice search as well. So I would absolutely be thinking about your audio strategy and what can you do to connect with customers using the power of your voice. Fantastic. Thank you so much, especially on the voice search. Great. Thank you, Paula and Amy and Michelle. Great conversation. I don't think I have written down so much in my in the last few <laughs> years, and I've got a ton of notes, and I want to kind of, um, uh, for viewers, uh, summarize that, you know, uh, a few of those points. I think, Amy, you talked about identity, knowing your customers, and that's a great point. You know, you know FedEx is a classic example, not only knowing your customers, but doing what is relevant for them at that time that they needed you. So that's great um, uh, points there around knowing customers and being loyal to them first before asking them to be loyal to you. That's great. Second point, you know, make every experience outstanding. Um, find your own purple promise, so to speak, right? So, you know, how to make it relevant and important in every engagement that you're having with your customers is an important one. I love the fact that there is stretch goals that you're talking about. Optimization is the dimension that actually, you know, uh, stretches ourselves. That's great. Um, the third point I want to leave you with is essentially don't provide a sampling moment for another brand for your customers. And I think that's a great point that I, Amy made uh, in terms of really retention is getting your experiences right at the right moment, right uh, uh, for the right customers, you know, um, what they need, right? So that's key as well, right? So that, I think it's, it's important. It's a great set of conversation. I took a ton of notes and thank you very much for sharing all your experiences here. Thank you very much. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.